your presence. Lord, we, we don't underestimate or devalue in any way the times where we hear the spoken word, the word preached and delivered. We don't underestimate the power of the spoken word. Lord, we receive from it tonight. Ahead of time, by faith, we declare we receive from the word as it goes forth. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Never, ever. It never. Not the strength of it. And from your presence and the power of your word, we declare tonight times of refreshing to our soul, our hearts, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good tonight. Times of refreshing in the presence of God Almighty. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for His Word tonight. Amen? So, we've been in our summer reruns as we've been ministering some thing, just like a, a one night uh, based on series in the last year or so or more. Um, just ones that I've picked from. And, and uh, back in November, um, we taught a series entitled, um, what was it entitled? Giving Thanks by Faith. Giving Thanks by Faith. And tonight I'm just going to, you know, I've, I've, I had, there were four or five messages, I think there were five messages in that series, and I've just taken from those five messages and, and delivering a, a power pack message, you know, one message from five messages. <clears throat> so, giving thanks by faith. Um, I, I've, as, I've, as I've taught on having a thankful heart through the years, we've taught every year at least for the last probably 20 years, we've taught on have, having a thankful heart. Uh, many of you have talked about, you know, how much you've enjoyed those series at, through the years on, on teaching how important it is to be thankful. In fact, it's the key to advancing, you know. Yeah. I've said this for years. It's the key to advancing in your life is to develop a thankful heart. I mean, I mean just think about it. I mean, the fact that you're breathing today, you could be thankful for, right? Um, this morning on my street... Uh, no, two days ago, I got this thing on my door that said, um, it said, um, on Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, you have to make sure your cars aren't parked on the street, and they gave very vague details, uh, but they're going to pave the street right, right there. They said by 8 o'clock, they're going to start paving, and the possibility could be for two or three hours, you couldn't get in and out of your driveway. You know, well, I mean, you know, in our house, people leaving and going and doing stuff all the time. So, you know, <clears throat> uh, I, I had the potential to kind of be aggravated with not knowing more details, and there's never a number to call because nobody's going to answer anyway. You're just going to get, you know, an answer. You know, so you, you could just have this attitude and develop it. But I, I just, I decided, I told my whole family, he said, you guys need to decide what you're going to do because you've got to be out of the house. I'm out before 8 because I'm not going to get stuck in the driveway and I'm definitely not driving my car 
on that stuff, you know, that tar stuff, and, and anybody ever driven your car on it, you can't ever get it off. It just doesn't come off. In about 15 minutes, it dries. It takes five hours to drive on the, on the ground, but on your car in about 15 minutes, you're not getting it off. So you, you got to do what they say, right? But I just decided, I'm rejoicing that they paved my street. Huh? I'm thankful that they paved the street, and, it, and if it takes a day that it, you get, you know, disrupted a little bit, who cares? I'm thankful for paved streets. How many, how many ever driven on dirt roads? Uh, and, and then, lower your hand, how many have driven on paved streets? I mean, that don't have potholes in them, right? Uh, how many like paved better than dirt? I mean, any day. I mean, anybody. Even if dirt roads don't bother you, if you've got a nice paved street, it's better than a dirt road. So be thankful we got paved streets instead of moaning, groaning, and complaining and putting your mouth on all the city officials that you don't like. Amen? Amen? We're talking about being thankful by faith. You have to have faith in God. You have to have a trust and a faith in God to be able to be thankful in everything that you do. Yeah, I don't care what it is. Amen? <clears throat> so, let's just look at a few verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15. And I could start in a lot of places, but let's just look at verse 56. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15 and 56. Um, Well, look at verse 55. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Wow. Verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice verse 58 right here, this last verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Is, is your labor, could your labor, part of your labor be defined as being thankful? Absolutely, because of the witness that we need to have to other people. We need to be a, a, a people that are thankful for the things that we have and that are going on in our lives so that other people can see what that even looks like. I mean, we live in a society today, what I just said at the beginning, times of refreshing. People need to be refreshed. We live in a society where there's all kinds of things going on all day long, and you could talk about all the problems all day long. Everywhere you look, there's problems, there's issues, people frustrated with this, that, and the other, and everybody playing the blame game. Nobody, very little, very few people taking responsibility for their own actions. Man, God needs our needs you and I. He needs us working overtime to show other people what it looks like to have a thankful heart and be grateful for how good God is and be able to overlook all the other crap that goes on on a day-to-day basis. Is crap okay? Okay. Yeah. No. <clears throat> yeah. True. Amen. So he said, thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. But 
Remain steadfast and immovable. Don't be moved by what other people do. Listen, if you lived on a deserted island and there were no animals and nothing there, it was just you and the island, you wouldn't have the issues that you deal with today. You understand? You deal with issues because of people. You got more than two people come together, you got problems. Some way, somewhere, something's going to get stirred up, right? We have to choose to take the high road and be thankful and grateful and, and, and constantly learn and develop a relationship with God so we're looking to Him and not what other people do. People are not your problem. I'm going to say it again. People are not your problem. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know this. Well, just talk to the hand. I mean, you'd go talk to God, look at the Word, and the Word says people are not your problem. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. The enemy's working overtime to get you stirred up and upset about something on a day-to-day basis. If God told us that we have the ability to be thankful, then you can be thankful. It's a choice every single day. Look, look at another verse. Um, where is it? Oh, 2 Corinthians and the second chapter. And it almost says the same exact thing as verse 14. <clears throat> a little different, but almost the same. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. What, what, what would you need to be led into triumph for? Because there's a battle right? And, and with every battle, we gain the victory through Christ Jesus if we have an attitude of thanksgiving and, and honoring and thanking God for how great He is no matter what's going on. Now listen to me, when you face something, you're not thanking God for the problem, you're thanking God for being God in the midst of what you face. There's a huge difference. If I was up here teaching that, and, and telling you that you had to be thankful for difficult things that come against you you, you, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to serve God like that. But people think that's the way it is, that God puts things on us. God didn't put things on you. He didn't have to. There's a devil out there trying to stir everything up. He came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. It's the enemy that comes to steal and kill and to destroy and try to rob you of all kinds of things on a day-to-day basis. God wants us to take the responsibility of leading other people. God wants your life to lead other people by example. And you cannot lead in how you think it should be. You have to lead in the revelation and understanding of who God is. God needs you to be a leader and an example in the way that you respond to ungodly type situations. I mean, responding correctly when someone's being good to you, there's very little credit there. You understand? But when other people act like the devil himself, and you learn not to respond and have a thankful and a grateful heart in spite of what other people do, that's where you begin to be used by God because God needs you in the midst of the battles. That's why He'll lead you in victory in, and, and, and triumph in the midst of, of things that you're facing when you have a thankful heart. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. Think of all the things every day. I, I, I've, I, I've had different times in my life where I've just spent time writing things down that I'm thankful of. 
I've got list of things. I like to write. I mean, I, sometimes I put them in my notes in my phone or my iPad, but I like to write also. And I got list of things. I got, I've got yellow pads, um, legal pads. I've got list of things that I've written down that I'm thankful for. And I just go back and remind myself of that all the time. I tell you what, the more you meditate on that, you, you, very little that you'll find to complain about. When you meditate on how grateful and thankful you are. Thankful, I'm thankful that my wife married me. Hmm? This year, next month, 39 years that we've been married. We're both, we, she was 12 and I was 13 when we got married. And, uh, but for 39 years we've been married. And I don't know where I'd be if she didn't choose to marry me. Sometimes I tell her I'm sorry that you had to marry me, but, you know, it was just, I was your cross in life to have to, you know. But, but I'm so great. I mean, I, mean, I mean, there's so many things to be thankful for, you know. There's so many things, if you'll look for them, to be thankful and grateful for. Um, <clears throat> just, just several things I wrote down. Um, And, and this, is, this, is really, this is really a good, uh, 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 there's, there's a great illustration in this. And actually, we're going to look at 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. I'm going to look at it in the Amplified. But, but I wrote this down. H- how much you receive in life is based on how much faith is being consistently exercised. How much you receive from God on a day-to-day basis is determined by the faith and trust that you're exercising and allowing to be developed in every given situation that you're in. Look at, look at the second Peter, did I say Peter? Yeah, second Peter 1 and verse 5, and I want to look at it in the Amplified. says, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness and patience, and on and on and on, that these different things you can see in the Scripture. Verse 8 says, For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever, verse 9 says, for whoever lacks these qualities is blind and spiritually short-sighted. So, so what determines what I receive from God is how consistent I am in developing faith in God in ungodly situations. And where does it start? By being thankful. Thanking God for His greatness and all that He's done for me when the enemy's trying to get me to focus on something that's negative and trying to bring me down, it begins with thankfulness. Everybody say, thank you. Thank you. That's not hard, right? And I'm not talking about just going, 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, 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 I'm talking about developing a relationship of thanksgiving, thanking God that you're breathing, thanking God for, for one good thing and another good thing, thanking God when you see something that is not going well, find something that's better than that and thank Him for it. And the more you consistently develop that, the stronger and the, and the more intense your faith in Him will become. You'll be less moved by what you see and more moved by what His promises are telling you. Father, I thank you today that, your script, that, that, that the Word says that the greater one, Jesus, through the person of the Holy Spirit, lives on the inside of me. Greater are you in me than anything that I face in the world. Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful for it today. But those are the kinds of things that we have to develop. And if you're not actively developing that, then then you're actually going backwards. You're actually falling into the traps that the enemy sets for you. If you don't develop an attitude and a heart of thankfulness. I'm telling you, I've been there. All you have to do is think back, maybe some of you it's yesterday. You just think back or think of times when you're complaining. And where you're focused on negative things. And, and the best way to start is in the moment when you hear something preached like this and you just go do something with it. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, you just start changing what you allow to come out of your mouth and you start looking for the good in people instead of allowing the bad to surface all the time. It'll change your whole life. Every one of us in this place today need to be reminded of this because every one of us deal with the flesh. Everybody deals with the flesh. Why? Because you live in the flesh. So you have to deal with fleshly issues, personal issues, things that have to do with other people. Everybody deals with the flesh. I don't care who you are, so we're all in the same boat. So let's attempt to arise and begin to look at things through the way God perceives them instead of how the enemy's trying to convince you that they are. Because I tell you, I promise you, Everything in your life that you don't like is subject to change based on your choices. And the best way, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just need things simple, right? So I need to hear a word like this. Okay, Pastor, so what do we do? Uh, Just start thanking God. (laughs) Just start thanking Him. Hmm? Thanking Him. How how many like the air conditioner in here tonight? Amen, just thank Him. I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating. Glory to Jesus, I'm not sweating. Right? How many like the chair you're sitting in right there? It's comfortable. It's got some cushion. You know, it's not a hard pew. I'm thankful. There's a chair to sit in and not a hard pew. Amen? I mean, maybe you like pews, whatever. I, 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 we used to have them in one of the buildings we were in here in town, and I didn't like them. I'm not going to say I didn't. I hated them. You know, no hate, no hate. Everybody say no hate. I, not I hated them, but I just didn't like them, so I'm so grateful that we have a nice chair, right? All of us can sit in nice, comfortable chairs with air conditioning and lights, even though one of the lights is burned out right over here, right? But it's all right, but look at all the other lights that are on, 
See, see, see I, I could get upset about the one light's burned out, just happened to burn out before, you know, service started tonight, and it kind of bugs me, but I'm not, I'm grateful, I'm thankful we got lights where we can see. Even if all the lights were off, if we're still breathing, we can still be thankful. You, you, you see what I'm saying? There's just so many things every day that want to pull you down and get you to be ungrateful and unthankful. God wants us to be thankful people all the time. Amen? Um, <clears throat> you know, um, in things that you and I are looking for and expecting to come into, my, into our lives, there, there are things... In my own personal life, I've seen many, many things manifest that I believe God for. But there are things today I've been believing God for for years, for years, that I haven't seen come to pass. But what I'm sharing with you today is something that is developed in my heart. And what's developed in my heart today is that if God promised something, He'll do it. And my part in that is not trying to make it come to pass. My part is to do what he says. You know what he told me? Be anxious for nothing. What does that mean? Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be fretful. And so to not be anxious, fretful, worried, uh, uh, you know, under huge stress and allowing it to get the best of you, you have to change the way you talk. See, you, you, you cannot change things in the natural by just thinking it away, right? If something's going on, if I'm just going, mm, 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 it's not going to go. But if I begin to declare, Father, I see this today, but your word says this. Lord, you've promised me this. Like I said, there are things today that I've been believing God for, but listen to me. Today, they're mine now. They're, they're mine. Because I've been, I've been developing this thankful heart thing. Listen to me. If, if you're not consistently developing a life of faith and trust and confidence in God through what you're saying to the place that it doesn't just become something that you're saying, it's something that you believe every time you say it. But it has to start at times where I'm just saying things because that's what the Word says, but God, I don't feel that way, and I don't think it's going to ever happen. But you've got to start with saying it. Because it'll never change in your heart until you say it. You will not change your apparent circumstances by just thinking good thoughts. Your thoughts won't change until your words change. That's what thanksgiving is all about. That's what it's all about. Having a grateful and a thankful heart is thanking God for the great things that He's done in our life. Not focused on what I don't have, but focused on what God has done for me and things that I don't see today, letting them become so real on the inside that I have them on the inside. When you have them on the inside, you'll see them in the natural. That's God's way. The world's way is, well, I can't say I have it until I see it. God's way is when you begin to see it in here and you know it's yours, then it's yours because your mouth talks that way. 
I'm not talking about talking in a, in a way where you're lying or in denial. I'm talking about a way where you're calling those things which aren't as though they were. That's God's way of doing. When God created the world, when he, the, the Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. You and I are to frame our own personal worlds with the word of God the same way. See, but what God, when God said light be and light was, there was nothing. He, he, didn't, he wasn't looking at darkness, and over there was light, and he said, well, you know what, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to put it over here. No. He called something that wasn't as though it was, and then it was. That's the way God works. If you and I don't develop that and become convinced of it, then that won't work. Then if you're not going to develop that and become convinced of that, then you need to go make things happen on your own. I've just realized <laughs> at times when I've tried to make something happen because I got tired of waiting or discouraged and not seeing what I wanted to see. When I tried to make something happen, then the Bible says when you eat the fruit of your own way, then it's kind of destruction. See, because what we're talking about is developing a life of faith in God, a relationship with God, not just about being born again. Okay, but a life of faith and trust and confidence in God. And to do that, you have to think like him. You have to talk like him. You have to act like him. You have to respond like him. All these things. And I'm telling you tonight, where that starts is having a thankful and a grateful heart, no matter what. And again, I'm telling you, people are not your problem. Amen? Now, how important is this? Look at... um, 1 Thessalonians 5, and then I'm going to read two stories out of the Bible and end with this. 1 Thess- uh, is that right? Yeah. 1 Thessalonians 5 and uh, verse 16. <clears throat> and I'm just going to read that out of the uh, New King James. So, Verse 16 is two words, rejoice always. Verse 17 is three words, pray without ceasing. And then verse 18 says, and in everything, give thanks. Everybody say everything. everything. How much is that? Well, I mean, that's all the time. There's no time not to give thanks. Did you hear what I said? So that means, wow, now wait a minute, Pastor. I mean, I, you know. But the, the things that I just don't like, doesn't matter. You can still give thanks by acknowledging God's greatness in the midst of what you don't like. Yeah, but you know, I don't like that politician, and I don't like this person. And you know, sometimes you've got to get all that information out of there about how bad they are. To, but the Bible doesn't say that. See, we think that. We think because we live by, by these news agency, this information highway out there, with, we think that we were created to give all this bad information and, and tell everybody about it. I mean, all you got to do to get bad information is just go have a cup of coffee in a restaurant about 7.30 in the morning. You can get all the bad information you need. I mean, 
people gather around tables, and what they talk about is what they saw in the news the night before or what they saw in the news before they got there. And what they're talking about is all these people and this person, and we think we were created to be like that, but we were created at all times to give thanks. Now watch this. Watch what he says about this. Everybody say this after me. This verse of Scripture was directed at me. He said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God for you to give thanks in everything. He didn't say give thanks for everything. He said give thanks in everything. So I was just, other day I was just driving around town. I just, I don't know, I just. Just needed to, I was supposed to drive around town. I just got my car and just drove around town. As I was driving around town, everywhere I went, I mean, I, you say, well, did God lead you to do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it up. The devil wouldn't tell me to do this, right? So God's saying to me, you know, I, I drove by probably 25 different places where God told me to speak a blessing over there as I'm driving by. Just, just speak something good over those people. Speak something good over that group of people. Speak something. And, and half of the people that I spoke over, I could tell you some things that I don't necessarily like about them or their organizations or something like that. And God said, no, stop that stuff. Don't let your mouth get on other people. People aren't your problem. Amen? And the more we think people are the problem, the less God becomes the answer. Listen, God's doing for us is not in question. God's already done everything He's going to do for you and I. It's already done. What's in question is whether we're going to line ourselves up with a grateful and and, and a heart of gratitude focused on how good and amazing that God is. Like I said in the beginning of the service, God wants you and I living in times of refreshment. He wants our souls refreshed. He wants us to be able to wake up in the morning and want to get up and make a difference in, any, in everything that we do. You know what? You don't even have to have a plan to make a difference. You just have to be able to hear. And when God tells you to wake up and be thankful, man, it'll start your whole day in ways that you've never seen before. So some, of you, some of you haven't been thankful with your mouth in a long time. And you need to start right now, and you, start, you, 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 you don't remove things by not saying something. You remove things by replacing it with something else. Right. Hmm? And ungratefulness gets removed when you become thankful and grateful for the things that God has done. See, see God is our out for everything. It's not me trying to be strong enough to give thanks. He's empowered me to give thanks. It's his will that I give thanks in everything, no matter what it is we face. I don't care what you've gone through. He said, if you give thanks, things will happen. Things will happen if you learn to give thanks. Those three verses, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Always without ceasing, and in everything. That covers every minute of your day. You have time for nothing else except rejoicing, 
praying without ceasing, and giving thanks. Oh, pastor, I've got a job, I've got people, I've got to take care of this and all these kind of things. I mean, you know, I, I can't pray all day long. No, he said, it, it's an attitude of prayer. It's an attitude of awareness of God. And the more you exercise that, like we read in Second Peter, the more you exercise and develop that, the more you'll become like that. I don't know about you, I don't want God <clears throat> not a part of anything I'm doing. I want God a part of everything I'm doing. So that's what he's trying to say here. Let your 24 hours, whether you're sleeping, whether you're working, whether you're doing one thing or another, let those times in your life be enveloped in the presence of God because in the presence of God, there's times of refreshing. How many need some refreshment in certain areas of your life? I mean, I, I mean, I, there's not, I mean, I mean, you'd be lying if you said there wasn't some area of your life that needs refreshment. Well, wh what brings the refreshment? The presence of God. How do, you, how do you bring the presence of God alive on the inside of you? See, God's presence is here. He's here. He's right here. He's on the inside of us. If you're born again, He's inside of you. But whether that's working or not is whether you're doing anything with it. And I'm telling you, the key that unlocks the presence of God working on our behalf is that thankful heart. And thankfulness will not just happen on you. You have to purpose to release words of thanksgiving and greatness for God. How good and amazing that God is. You realize that none of us actually here tonight, not anybody on the planet, can actually take credit for anything? God's done it all. What we get credit for is obedience. Yeah, that's right. And our obedience is to what he tells us to do. Right. So he tells us in the word what to do, but then specifically by the Holy Ghost, he'll take what the word says in a situation and apply it to a given area that you're in or something that you're dealing with. And when I obey there, by most of the time, just giving thanks and acknowledging God's greatness and not being moved by what I see in the natural, things happen. Things always happen because God's faithful to his word. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> now I want to read two stories in the Bible in the last 10, 12, 15, 20, 30, 40, 45 minutes. <clears throat> um, I want to read these two quick stories. The first one's found in 1 Samuel Some people are thinking, is he serious about that? Yeah. 1 Samuel 1. <clears throat> um, we have the parents. This is a story, I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is a story of the parents of Samuel, of the prophet Samuel. And... Um, His father, Elkanah, and his mother was Hannah. Um, his father had, he had two wives, and um, his, his first wife, uh, 
what was her, uh, where is it? Oh, Penina. It was his first wife. His second wife was Hannah. Hannah had no children. Penina had sons and daughters, had all kinds of kids. And um, verse 3 says, This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. You think that ticked the other one off? <clears throat> hey, I got the kids. Why are you giving the one with no kids the double portion? So she's probably ticked. Well, you can see it in here in a second. <clears throat> but to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival, Penina, was prov uh, uh, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year. Everybody say year by year. year, by year. This went on for a long time. When she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her, Penina did, to Hannah. Therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. And this happened year after year after year. Hannah developed anorexia and wouldn't eat, and things were horrible, and she complained to God, and she cried out to God constantly, time and time again, and no child. I'm going to say this to you. Just crying out to God and not developing faith and confidence in God through thanksgiving Thanking God for His greatness will not produce the results. They didn't for Hannah. Everybody say, year after year after year after year, there was no child. Now watch what happens here. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Why can't you be thankful for what you have? Why are you focused on what you don't have? Every time you and I focus on things that we don't have, it will not produce the thing. That's just the way God works. People think that God just, God's up in heaven and He's like this big guru that's just holding back. Well, I'm going to give Brian something here, you know. But uh, I, I think over here, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Dale this, but I'm going to withhold it from Brian. Like God's doing these kind of things. Like he's, it's a, he's a puppet master on a string trying to keep people from receiving things. No, no. God's already done everything for us. His promises are yes and amen. They're available to us. Our part is receiving what he's already done. It's not trying to get God to do something. Hannah cried and bawled and squalled for years and years and years trying to get God to feel sorry for her and feel bad for her. And we live in a society where if you can feel bad for somebody, people do all kinds of things for them. And a lot of times what that does is it enables people. See, that's not popular to talk that way, but it's the absolute truth. I'm talking about how God looks at things and sees things. I'm not saying don't have compassion, don't help people and none of that kind of stuff. I'm saying... That's not God's ultimate plan for you and I to be on the receiving end of what He's done for us. And in this situation, her husband kind of jerks the slack out of her and says, why are you moaning, groaning, complaining? Well, can't you be thankful 
for me? Aren't you thankful for me more than 10 sons? The answer to that question was no. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tab- tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul. Everybody say bitterness. I mean, she was weeping, howling, going through the motions. She'd been doing this year after year after year after year. I mean, sometimes we have to come to our senses and realize if we want things in the natural to change, we've got to change something within ourselves. This ball and squalling deal is not working. Hmm? This anorexia thing is not working. This focused on what I don't have instead of being thankful for what I do have is not working. Amen. <clears throat> Then she made a vow to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall come to his head, and on and on and on. Now it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now listen, Eli had been watching this stuff for a long time. She'd been coming to the temple and moaning and groaning and complaining for a long time. Watch this. <clears throat> Hannah spoke in her heart, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm not a woman. I, I, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your man say, uh, maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now, and it's done absolutely nothing. So finally, she didn't listen to her husband, but finally, watch what the man of God says. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. She got the word of God, listen, She got her focus, as her husband had told her to do, off of what she didn't have, and now it's on the promise of God. And when you and I get our focus on the promise of God, there's no end to what will happen to us every single time. It's not about what you don't have. It's what God has given you in His Word. What He's given you in the things that He's done for you in your life. Yeah, be reminded of those things, but it's what He's given you right here. Christ in you is the hope of the world. Jesus becoming real to you and you believing in what He did and accomplished for you is the hope of the world. Not, you know, a Republican president or a Democratic president or this president or this leader or that leader or changing this law or that law. All that stuff is okay, but that's not the answer for the world. The answer for the world is Jesus Christ becoming real to you. And you learning to have a thankful and a grateful heart for how awesome that God is. Not being moved by anything. Not worrying about anything. Not worrying about a thing. Because of the choices I make every day. You're going to, listen, just with this message right here, you're going to be challenged probably twice as much. Just because of the message. 
shouldn't have come. <laughs> no. But God's faithful. I'm telling you, God's faithful. La- last story and I'm done. Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> Luke 17 and verse 19. No, 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 no. Verse 11, sorry. <clears throat> Luke 17, 11. That happened as he went to Jerusalem, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village there, met him ten men. Everybody say, ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, couldn't come near them because of what would get on you. And, 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 and there, you know, there were all kinds of rituals about lepers and, and the things that you, you had to stay away from. And, and verse 13 says, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They weren't even supposed to talk. Verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests, So here's obedience. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they obeyed, they went. He said, go show yourself to the priests. And he didn't say you'd be cleansed, but as they went, they were cleansed. As they obeyed what he said, go show yourself to the priests, they were cleansed. And one of them, everybody say one of the ten. And one of them... When he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. So Jesus answered and said, were there there not ten cleansed? And he knew. But he's asking him a question. But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he, and he said to him, Arise, go your way. What's made you whole? What's made you whole? Your faith. Your faith. Now, now, it doesn't say this, but I'm saying this, and you decide whether you think it's right or not. He's talking to this one that came back about the other nine. Weren't there nine more, in other words, that, that went and, and they were all healed? Weren't there nine more? And there's only one, you're the only one coming back to give thanks and give glory to God? And he said, because you've come back to give thanks, your faith in giving thanks to God, realizing it was from God, your faith has made you whole. What does that mean? What does that mean about the other nine? They lost it. They lost it. They may have seen some manifestation for a while, but they lost it. You know why? All they wanted is the circumstances and the symptoms. Listen to me as I end this tonight. Listen to what I'm saying. They wanted the circumstances 
and the situation that they were in to be removed. The Samaritan was so grateful and thankful that he was healed, that he was set free, that he realized there's no way I could have done this. There's no way this could have happened. This is only because of the greatness of his God or that he is God. Samaritan didn't know. He didn't understand anything. All he knew was there's no way in the natural this is going to happen. All the other nine wanted was the symptoms to be gone. Many times when we don't develop a thankful heart, all we want is our problems to be removed and not be removed because of how great God is. I can't say it any more simpler than that tonight. That's what God wanted me to tell you. I didn't even preach it quite like this when I preached it back in November. But I'm telling you tonight, God wanted me to tell you. The things that you want to see changed in your life, they can go away for a season. But whatever got you there He wants you to be delivered of why why you're in a difficult situation. So the way he delivers us is when we develop a thankful heart, he reveals himself to us along the way. Then I get, it may take a little bit longer, but I get the situation and the circumstances changed, but then they're changed forever. That Samaritan, he was healed forever. That boy was healed forever. I mean, he came back, prostate on the ground, worshiping Jesus, thanking Jesus for what he had done to him. I mean, so grateful and thankful that, yeah, this was gone. I mean, if you have leprosy and the, the, and, and the sores and all the things that are over the body, yeah, to be free of that. But that guy was free of it forever. The others saw it for a season, maybe for a very short time. But I promise you, if their faith was not in God and they didn't, come back some other time that we don't have record of and, 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 and become thankful and grateful for what happened and realize it was God. They lose that. That's why a lot of people, they can see symptoms leave their body, but they don't see their lives cured because it's not just about being healed. It's not about being healed. It's about being set free. Healed physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and in every way. There, there is a root cause to why we're in the situations that we are, we're in. And God wants us free from those root causes. He wants that root cut off. Not up here at the top where it grows back. He wants the root dug up and taken out where that sucker is dead. Can you say amen to that? That's the God we serve. That's the message I came to bring you tonight. And you know what? I value these times with you. I, I'm honored that you'd sit here and listen to me preach the word. I'm, I'm honored for every, everybody that's sitting in here tonight, that you, everybody's, you know, had, sometimes you can have difficult days. Sometimes, you know, people want to pave your street in front of your house, you know, those kind of things, and it tries to get the best of you and those kind of things. But to come here and sit and listen to this, I, in delivering this word, I'm telling you, God wanted you to hear this tonight. And if you'll receive it, It'll do things in your life. And you know what you do from here on out? From here on out, every single day, you learn to be more thankful than you were the day before. Finding something to be thankful for and less complaining every day of your life. And I tell you what, it's a a win-win. When you get in that place, oh man, it's a win-win. Times of refreshing. 
from the presence of God.